Hello, hello, and welcome to an episode of Skinfessions, Confessions of an Esthetician. Good afternoon, good morning, I'm not sure where you're listening from, but thank you for tuning in nonetheless. I am meeting today with Miss Emily Newton, sometimes goes by M, and we had a great conversation. We always have great conversations before I meet with her. She's my massage therapist. She's actually, I call her my fascia guru. Um, before she starts work on me, we try to cram in these little tiny conversations about these really big concepts. And so I asked if she would be on the show because she has a very different outlook on a variety of different things. And when she came in this morning, she actually touched on some things that she said that we'd never touched on about stress. And even though I asked her to come speak about fascia, because I think fascia is a very understated, important aspect of our anatomy, I wanted her to come in and just speak on fascia. And she mentioned something about stress that just blew my mind. And it's been going through my head since we've had our conversation. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for me in the next weeks and months and years. Um, but she really does have a different approach to stress. And so I really appreciate the conversation we had about fascia and, and what that looks like and how that can be relevant to so many issues, chronic or acute, in the body. And then also her touch on how to manage stress and what that looks like. So I'm super excited. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this podcast, please, please, please share with a friend. My whole purpose here is really to help connect people with different aspects of how to manage their own health from their own perspectives. Not from the standpoint of what your doctor tells you, not from the standpoint of what the media tells you. What's going on in your body because you are the resident of your body. You are the only resident of your body and you know your body better than anyone else, regardless of what everyone would like you to think. And these are the little pieces that I use in my world to help physical, mental, and spiritual growth. And there are ways that I would like to share with you as well. Thank you for having me. I'm going to do a quick, quick bio on you, Miss Emily, and then I would love to dive into some of these pieces that you touch on with fascia and then some of the pieces outside the massage therapy world. M is a licensed massage therapist of the last seven years. She is a Colorado transplant of 11 years and married to a Colorado native. There aren't very many of those. She loves and embraces the simple life and loves healing people and you can truly feel that M when in your presence and I would love to talk about that later because you embrace a piece that I very rarely run into in my professional world or in my personal world and I love your outlook on life in general and then also stress so I would love to touch on that later too so without further ado, would you mind getting into how you got into the world of massage? Well, um, my, I actually have an ex-husband, and he was a massage therapist. And he was pretty burned out 
um, working doing spa massage, but he really had a great understanding of the body. And right when he was about to give it up, uh, we met a rolfer that had a practice here in Colorado. And he asked my ex if he wanted to learn how to read tissue in a different way and heal people and fix what was going on in the body. And so we spent a good year with this rolfer and learned how to read fascia in the body and really what it did for the body and in the body. And that's cool. It was really neat. It was, I wasn't a therapist at the time and, um, he really enjoyed the work and he took to healing people and he started a small practice. Um, and then a couple years in, it got really busy and I had studied the work with him, even though I wasn't a therapist at the time. And I decided I'd join him. And Whoa. so I went to school and I apprenticed under my ex-husband and um, learned all about fascia. And basically I kind of was thrusted into it. I never thought I would be a therapist at all. Really? Yeah, I never wanted to go down that path or never thought it was for me. But when I got into it, it was so natural. It really just, I think the conscious work that I do really helped me heal people, really helped yeah. me just feel their suffering and empathize with their suffering. And then the science part really, I really enjoyed too. Um, just fascia is so science-based. There's no guesswork when you understand fascia and what's going on in the body. So connecting that that conscious work with the science work really developed into what I do now. That's interesting, and I, I want to pick apart some of those, um, you know, you, you mentioned conscious work and all of that. You've said that a couple of times um, over the course of the morning um, before we started recording, and I would love to pick your brain a little bit about that. Um, real quick, can you, I've never known the difference between rolfing and massage therapy. Is it the same? Um, not necessarily. I mean, yes, they have their massage license, and but they go to a further schooling for okay. rolfing. Um, it's based more around posture. Um, okay. And they follow a guideline of certain muscle groups that basically structure us. Um, okay. And so it is very intense work like mine. It's deep. They work with the deep fascia. It's slow. Um, and they do active movement with it. Um, it's really neat work, actually. Um I've heard a lot of people really enjoy it, and, and I tend to hear people who work with their bodies focus on the, the raw thing, and I just have never had, I've never experienced it, so I didn't know if there was much of a difference, but I love, and part of the reason I started seeing you is because I struggle with certain areas of my body working in the positions that I work in as an esthetician. Mm-hmm leaning over people and and I think just in life you know we're sitting in weird positions in cars and and um, really sitting a lot and all of those things start to build up and in my particular case I feel it a lot in my neck and my mm -hmm. back and so I started seeing you I think the first time I saw you you spent 90 minutes on my neck mm -hmm. and I've told patients that and and people I refer to you and like I've never met anybody who could spend that much time on one small area but it was unbelievable how much that released mm -hmm. for me 
Um, can you explain a little bit about what you know about fascia and how that affects whether it be the neck or the back or Sure, shoulders? yeah. So fascia is this, it's basically like a plastic wrap around every part of our body, bones, muscles, even blood vessels, nerves, um, it wraps everything. Okay. And it's kind of our lubrication in the body. Okay. And it keeps us upright. If we didn't have fascia, we would basically be a big pile of bones and goo. And what happens is fascia basically needs to be stimulated in order to stay healthy. It looks like dog drool under a microscope. Okay. It's very fluid and it allows us to move freely without pain or immobility. And when we overuse or underuse, um, repetitive use of, you know, damage an area of our body, we have a surgery, what have you, our body naturally sends fascia to that area. It's like, okay, this part of the body needs support. It needs help. And the fascia can kind of become jumbled in there. And that's what knots are or adhesions is what we think is the fascia has become kind of chaotic in that area. And my job is to reprogram it. Mm. It's starting to reprogram your body in the posture that you're sitting in. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, so she's sitting in this hunched over posture a lot. Let's, we're going to reprogram it to keep it in that way. She must want to be in that way. And so my job is to figure out where it's building, where it shouldn't be, and we're going to reprogram it. And so I can work in a neck for 90 minutes because we're basically reprogramming the whole neck. We're re-stimulating all of those muscles that get bound up and glued together because fascia will start to glue everything together. It's sticky and it wants to just kind of sit there. And if we don't stretch or move, it'll just build over time. So stretching and moving is the biggest thing you can do to keep fascia in its healthy state and keep those muscles moving and mobility in the body. And so, you know, fascia, not only is surface, but it is layer upon layer upon layer down to the bone. Mm. And you have to work through those layers. You can't just dig in. It will not respond. It's You have to woo the fascia, essentially. Oh, that's awesome. And so, you know, I my job is to get in there and read where there's buildup and then basically tell it to leave or to go back to its healthy state without damaging the area even more. So, you know, just to dive in and dig around and you feel a knot and you just go for it, you're going to create more problems in there with the fascia. Yeah. Um, and so my work is very slow and detailed because we have to essentially go inch by inch and read it and clear it out of there and get moving. And I have you do movement because we're stimulating those muscles again. We're telling it you can move in this way safely Mm. now because people you know our first instinct when we get hurt or we have immobility is to not move it Mm -hmm. oh my gosh you know we shouldn't move this area it hurts or I don't I don't think I can pull on it without feeling pain or a stretch and so my job is to say hey you can move this way and it's okay you're the first person I've ever seen I've seen a, a number of really good massage therapists in the past and you're the first one I've ever seen that will put your hand in a certain position on my body and then have me move. And it's a lot of times it's neck stuff mm-hmm. for me. Uh, and there might be other areas too. But that 
I tried to explain it to Travis. I tried to do it at home, and he was like, I'm not feeling anything. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I, I tried. But um, it's such a different type of release, and I love that what you're saying about how it's retraining mm-hmm. and teaching. Because I do remember I had a herniated disc many, many, many years ago, and there's this fear, and it's probably even subconscious as well, that my body is going to hurt itself, mm-hmm. and so I just stay as still. Exactly. And well, rigid. and tissue is 10 times less likely to... It takes 10 times longer for tissue to respond if we're just working it passively. Hmm. If I'm just rubbing that area, I'm really pushing blood and fluid around. Yeah. But if we actively move that, it's telling the brain. We're, we're talking to the brain. The tissue... Fascia is our largest sensory organ. Yeah. And so it is just communicating with the brain all the time and so i'm i'm re i'm telling it hey tell the brain you can move the brain needs to tell this area you can move this way again without pain um but part of that is clearing out the fascia you can't just move the neck and it'll reprogram yeah you have to find out where that fascia is being held hook it and rub it out of there and yeah. basically start that movement. It starts to clear it. Not only resets that muscle, but it clears out that bad fascia at the same time. Yeah. And that's why it can be so painful, I guess, to go through. Yeah. yeah. And I can vouch for that. I mean, I know you've done some things in my underarms mm-hmm. and in my, um, uh, I guess it would be my hip flexors. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. But unbelievable at the amount of release. That brings me to the next question. Apart from getting fascia treatments, because I'm assuming there's not very many of you massage therapists who dove into this particular arena. It's true. I uh, I haven't come across that many in the whole time I've been doing this. Yeah. Um, even clients who come in and say, oh yeah, I've had fascial work before, and then I put my hands on them, they're like, oh, they didn't do this. And it's, you know, I tell them, if you are going to see a fascial expert, someone who says that they do fascial work, if they're not working that area mm-hmm. for the whole time, basically, they're not doing fascial work. Mm. Um, and if you don't get almost immediate results, I mean, within a session or two, you should be feeling 80% better. Wow. Because um, the tissue responds so well, it wants, to, it wants to respond, it just doesn't know how. And of course, our mind prevents that too. Yeah. And so you have to be really weary of people who say that they do fascial work because most of the time it's very superficial. Okay. They're not getting down into those deep layers. They aren't reading what is actually going on in the body. So for anybody who's listening who maybe doesn't live locally and can't get a hold of you, how would you recommend somebody search out somebody who knows about fascia? Well, there are good videos out there that talk about fascia. Um, There is actually a website called Myofascia Release Therapist, and it's mfrtherapists.com. And um, there you can most likely find someone in your area who does fascia work if they're registered on that site. Um, And, you you know, you look for someone who, again, is going to work the area, who... If you're not getting results within a couple sessions, they're not doing the right technique. Okay. Uh, and sometimes fascial work isn't the issue either. Yeah. Um, but in most cases, it is. Even if you go see a chiropractor, they're going to adjust the skeletal system. But the main issue that the 
skeletal system is out of place in the first place is the fascia pulling that structure. Oh my gosh. So if you're not going to deal with the root of the issue, which is the connective tissue pulling it, then there's no really no point. And you've told me this. So I see a chiropractor once a month and I see you once a month. You've always told me before I see my chiropractor. Basically before the chiropractor, because okay. I'm going to clear out that scar tissue in there that's pulling the structure out of line. And we're going to create some space and we're going to reset that muscle. And then that chiropractor is going to be able to get a great adjustment. That's incredible. Now, one step further, I, and I will list the mfrtherapist.com. I'll put that on the show notes so that people can access that. But apart from that, if someone wanted to do work at home, I know you've said that you would sometimes stand in line and do some work on yourself. Mm -hmm. Is there any tool I've asked you in the past about like certain tools that are specific to fascia? What are your thoughts on those? Is that worth the investment or maybe find a professional first? Um, always be stretching. That is the number one thing you can do for fascia. There does come a point where it's gotten so built up that stretching really just isn't hitting deep enough. Yeah. But as far as tools, you know, I'm a very old school, old fashioned type of therapist. I firmly believe in the foam roller. Um, okay. That is a great tool to use. And the issue with foam rollers is we're often taught that we should just pop over the pain. We just pop over what we feel mm. is the issue. And we, yes, it's satisfying for the moment, but it's not actually going to clear out anything. Um, and so there are videos out there that you can find on how to use foam rollers. I really like to teach my clients how to properly use a foam roller because it'll benefit you so much more if you can isolate that pain, feel that burning sensation, and then you move your body. When you're using any manual tool, you're actually moving your body around the tool. So say you're using a lacrosse ball or a theracane, you're going to isolate, find that spot, and then move whatever muscle limb or what have you that's going to almost exacerbate that feeling until you feel it melt out of there oh that's so yucky though <laughs> <laughs> but it's such a satisfying feeling <laughs> it, it, after the fact i've been rolling probably i've been rolling wrong my whole life then because i am definitely not and you've mentioned this before too you know get into a position and then kind of move around it mm -hmm. i have tight adductors mm -hmm. i have tight adductors and so um, you've taught me some movement techniques and that really has helped to release it. It's not like I'm just sitting in a stretch and mm -hmm. pulling as hard as I can. Well, and that's the other point too, is, you know, if you are just going to stretch, honestly, dynamic stretch is the best, I think. Okay. Um, because you're, you're pulling to that end stretch, you're feeling it's revealing the pain and then you're giving it some reprieve and then you're going down to, to the end stretch and you're pulling it how far as you can, as far as you can, then you're giving it some release and it's, it's like stretching out a cold rubber band because mm -hmm. um, if you're just going to pull on the muscle not much is going to happen it needs that stimulation it needs that movement in the joints and the ligaments and the muscles mm -hmm. they need to be able to work and slide again yeah. um, and so I've been teaching my clients lately basically how to it's like a three-step stretch so dynamic big movement dynamic and then static. So you're going to dynamic, feel that good stretch. Then you're going to static. You're going to hold that stretch. And then when you're in that static stretch, you're going to micro dynamic stretch. So you're going to basically do smaller movements while you're in that static stretch. And it's going to get a deeper stretch. It's going to start working those ligaments and the attachments in there 
on a deeper level. And I really like that form of stretching. Um, and so many people tell you to just static stretch and it just really isn't creating that stimulation you need, that movement. So if we were to use an example of like a lunge, you get into a lunge, you'd maybe do dynamic where you're moving mm-hmm. kind of back and forth at the end stretch area. Yeah, you're, right? you're going down into that full stretch of the lunge and then come all the way back up and back down into that full stretch. And after you've done that for you know, a dozen times and you feel pretty good about the stretch, mm-hmm. go in back into that lunge, really feel the stretch. Okay. Don't overdo it. You know, you just kind of listen to your body, but feel that stretch and hold it like you're static stretching in the lunge. And then from there, you would just kind of move your hips or mm-hmm. do an inch forward with your knee. You're mm-hmm. just slightly pulling it even more, just like a micro stretch. Oh, that's cool. I will start working on that. And I love that approach. Is there a particular pattern that you see consistently with your clients or is it kind of all over the board? Is it just fascia adhesion in general? I'd say everyone has their issue um, and really it depending on their career, their lifestyle. Um, I work on a lot of hairdressers. I work on a lot of tattoo artists uh-huh. and they all have the same issue because of the positions that they're in every day, all day long. Um, A lot of times you can read someone's issue by the way that they're sleeping at night. You know, we're in a position for hours at a time and we don't know it. And then someone's like, oh, my shoulder's killing me. And when I wake up, well, you're probably sleeping in a funky position. Mm -hmm. And so it really is our daily habits that create these issues. There, I don't think there's a single person out there that doesn't have some type of fascial issue. Yeah. Just whether they're a weekend warrior or they do marathons or they literally are just a bump on a log and not even moving their body, that also is going to cause issues. Yeah. If you're not doing anything to your body, you're underusing those muscles. Is there a particular sign that someone can look for and say like, oh, hey, I maybe haven't been doing this right or I'm struggling with this particular thing, therefore I should seek out someone to help me with Well, when, you know, fascia issues, buildup, dysfunction, whatever you want to call it, can create so many ailments. Mm. I mean, pinched nerves, Mm. plantar fasciitis, TMJ, um, low back pain, migraines is typically fascial related. Most posture issues, herniated discs. I mean, you name it and it's most likely it's the fascia is just dysfunctional in there. That is amazing because really I don't feel like that's a message that you hear much in the market mm-hmm. and I really am only learning about fascia over the last year or so. Mm-hmm. So from that perspective then, can we touch a little bit on what a simple routine would be that you recommend for your clients that they do at home because not everybody has the same ailment, but they're really the root causes adhesions and fascia or maybe not the health of the fascia. What's the best way that people can in their daily world help to create as healthy a fascia as they can? Well, fascia is basically water (laughs) in our body. And so because it's so viscous, I guess. Um, And so hydrating, it needs to be hydrated all the time. It's consider it like a wet sponge. And when we don't move the sponge and keep it hydrated, it basically will become dry and brittle. And that's where we pull muscles or we have immobility. And so hydration is huge for the fascia. It really responds to that. It's also thermoregulated. And so heat is 
a really wonderful thing for fascia. It'll respond to heat. It'll it'll constrict with ice and cold. You know, a lot of people are given the advice, oh, you should ice it, ice it, ice it. And unless it's an acute inflammation, it really shouldn't have ice. Heat is really what's going to soften that fascia in there. So a hot shower or bath um, is really good for the for the fascia and taking doing your stretching after a hot shower or bath is even better because then everything's warmed up and you can get a better stretch mm-hmm. um obviously stretching of course i would say daily to anyone who asked but even a few times a week just getting in your body and just feeling it. you don't have to take a yoga class you don't have to you know be so structured around the stretching i just throw my yoga mat on the ground when i'm watching tv and i just feel when I stretch, I'm revealing where the pain is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what fascia will do. It reveals the pain. Mm-hmm. And so you just, you know, depending on what you do, you know what postures you're in all day. Mm-hmm. You almost want to do the opposite of that, you know, stretch the opposite of that. Yeah, bring the shoulders back if you're hunching forward. Um, you know, if you have low back pain, stretch the front of your body. It's most likely the opposite action that you feel it in. Mm-hmm. And so stretching is great. Of course, regular body work is really nice on the body, and it, I think everyone needs that. Um, using tools, lacrosse ball, what, if you want to use the Theragun or Theracane, that's great. You can't, don't overuse it. You, know, you can also piss off the fascia. It can create inflammation if you overwork an area okay. um, because then you start to micro-tear a lot of shit. And it just, you know, will be inflamed. And that's a big issue in our bodies in general is inflammation. Yep. Um, and so there is a lot of home remedies you can do for yourself. It really is the consistency, though. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just stretch one time and be done or work roll on the foam roller one time and it's good to go. You ha- It's the consistency because fascia is always going to try to reprogram. It's always moving and changing. And it's up to us to keep it at its neutral state. That makes sense, and that explains why daily stretching makes sense, and it will be the most effective at keeping the fascia healthy, mm-hmm. um, staying hydrated and stretching. Um, and that brings me a little bit to my next point. It sounds like self-care, you know, taking care of our body on a regular basis is big. Um, I would love to switch gears a little bit, unless there's anything else you wanted to say specifically about fascia. I would love to switch gears and talk a little bit about how you view stress. I've never met anybody in person. I've read about people like you, but just to have somebody who has such an interesting perspective on on life and engaging in life and the stress that we hold, Mm -hmm. because I work so much with patients and then friends and family, and really the root cause of a lot of our ailments tend to link to stress. Yes, it is true. Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, I work a lot with my intention, with okay. everything I do, every task I do. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that I'm, any moment I'm in is, is what is my intention there. Um, and my intention is to be in that moment at that moment there's nothing i there's no point in fantasizing or you know drumming up all of this drama that we don't even know exists yet and so if you can just take every moment 
as that moment, okay, I'm dealing with this right now, and then the next step, I'll deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I manage my stress. I, I live a very impeccable life, a very dharmic life where I'm just yeah. going with the flow of what the universe is kind of bringing towards me at each moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything I do has an intention to set myself up to not be stressed in the next moment and then the next moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with just self-work and not being attached to how we think things ought to be. You know, oh, it should be this way or that way or the future. Or, you know, just take, yes, having a plan is being in that moment, you know. When the phone rings, you pick it up. That's, you're being in that moment, you know. I mean, yeah. it's so hard to explain how to live a stress-free life, <laughs> but I don't know. There's so many avenues you can take. You just have to work on your attachment towards how you think things should be. You can't have expectations about how you think life should be. And see, viewing each moment as a participation in that moment and not necessarily as a chore or something that's so daunting or heavy. Um, you're okay, well, this moment is just another moment that I have to participate in, and this is how I'm choosing to participate. I've read about these principles for years, probably 15, maybe even more than 15 years. But like I said, I've never really met anybody who could apply them and has done the work to get to the point where you can stop the clinging and the grasping. And, mm-hmm. um, and you are my, you're my new, <laughs> my new hero. I'm going to work work to, I mean, it's just nice to meet somebody who I can say, oh, it can be done. It's not mm-hmm. just something you read about in books and that they talk about in Buddhist podcasts, which is what I hear. So that is, that's a very interesting perspective. And I, and I thank you for that. I think there's a lot of me out there that a lot of people just similar to me who, who would love to kind of hear that piece. And then another thing I would love to touch on if you're comfortable with it. Sure is fasting sure you have been fasting for many years and really fasting hasn't become a fad until recently so you've kind of done it before it was the big cool thing to do um i have some a very mild experience with it but wouldn't you mind sharing a little bit about your experience with fasting and and how that keeps you healthy yeah i've been uh fasting for about 15 years now and it did start off quite light. Um, you know, you don't want to dive into a heavy fast too quickly. Um, but now I do twice a year in the spring and the winter. I do an extended fast for about three weeks. Um, typically, I'll go about 17 days or so, and it's just water. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I kind of prepare ahead of time, kind of lighten up my eating, or you know, I do intermittent fasting anyway. But I feel like fasting is such a great way to give the body a break. You know, it's constantly working, constantly pushing out toxins and, you know, digesting and all of the things that our body does. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it can get overworked. And that's also where ailments come from, stress and diseases and all of that. Fasting is really a great way to just, I think when we fast, whether it's a day or 17 days, our bodies are able to put all of that energy and those resources into clearing out the toxins that are in our body. 
we rebuild brain neurons and we, you know, it's good for our gums and the bacteria in there. And I do a lot of oil pulling during that time, which helps with the gut health and mm. um, allows our organs to rest and the skin to clear up. And we're really just flushing out so much when we fast. Um, if I think at least a five-day fast is when you start to really feel the benefits, when you start to really expel toxins and waste from your body. Mm. Um, even intermittent fasting is really great on the body, but an extended fast, it really, um, really can kickstart a lot of stuff that's just been sitting in there. Which is interesting because I feel like the messages I've heard my whole life is that you need to eat three meals a day, you know, mm -hmm. breakfast is the most important meal, um, and needs to have X, Y, and Z in it. And, you know, I could go on forever about how food is not food sometimes. Mm -hmm. But when I made this mental shift into, oh, I'm going to try fasting, I realized, one, I realized that my neck issues went away like poof like mm -hmm. i mean i wouldn't say because of the inflammation so many foods and shit that we consume creates inflammation in our body all over the place and so when we stop ingesting that we give our bodies a break all that inflammation has a chance to heal and get out of there and we're like oh i feel so much lighter in my body yeah and, mm -hmm. and there's this there was a fear for me that i wouldn't be able to do it i um i thought it was really cool we did 96 hours which is four days and i thought I thought that was long enough, but apparently we missed it by a day. No, so I'm gonna have to go back. <laughs> four days is great. No, four days is that's awesome. As long as you feel, you know, you're listening to your body, it's yeah. gonna talk to you. Mm -hmm. Same with fascia. Your body is constantly talking to you, and you just have to figure out how to listen to it. Yeah. Absolutely. So we plan every year. We actually did it right after Thanksgiving, which maybe is not. I thought eating a big meal before was a great idea, but now I'm starting to learn that that's probably not the best choice. I can't um, come in and work lasers and fast. I don't feel comfortable doing that and feeling like I'm cognizant enough. Mm -hmm. But I remember after about, I want I, I wrote it down on my notes, but I want to say it was about 48 hours or maybe even 36, I hit a stride that was just incredible mm -hmm. and I felt great. Mm -hmm. I wasn't super spry, like I wasn't jumping up the stairs or running a marathon you know, in under four hours or anything crazy like that. But I was really, I felt good and I, I wasn't as focused on eating mm -hmm. once I got to that point. And the, the thing that I thought was probably one of the more interesting things is my sense of smell increased and I could smell everything, whether I wanted to or not. That's amazing. <laughs> it was great and, and also mind-blowing. It was, it was actually kind of hard because mm -hmm. there's a lot of things I, I realized I don't want to smell that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but um, I now do intermittent fasting. I don't do mm -hmm. super long intermittent fasting, but I do enough. Um, I'm balancing fasting with uh, building muscle. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that I trying to, I, I read a lot about and I'm trying to kind of figure that piece out too. Mm -hmm. But I, I think the fasting piece, it all fits with all of everything else that you work on. Mm -hmm. You know, you're talking about the fascia health and staying hydrated and, and then mm -hmm. the fasting piece, it all seems to fit. Mm -hmm. And on a mental level too. I mean, I, I enjoy fasting. I actually like get excited whenever I have a fast coming up, a big long fast, because I love the discipline involved. Oh. You know, I love 
being just, I can do this. You mm-hmm. know, I know that I'm going to eat again. It'll be fine. Like, yeah. it's okay if I'm not going to have that pizza right now or what have you. I know I'll have it again. It's yeah. okay. And that is like a grounding part of just, okay, I am a strong enough person to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's part of why I fast too, is just to kind of prove to myself, hey, you can be disciplined, you wow. know, in all parts of your life. Yeah. And, um, and I just really enjoy it how I feel anyway. I wake up with extra energy. I sleep great. Um, hmm. You know, my skin gets better. Just everything. I love it. It's the best. Yeah. I am reading mm-hmm. more, more and more about it because I kind of dove in and then started studying afterward, which sometimes is my personality. But, um, yeah, I think... That's really interesting. And the fact that you've been doing it for 15 years is, mm-hmm. again, before all the fads hit. Mm-hmm. Well, I grew up I grew up on a farm, and so we definitely um, hunted for our own food. I grew up on a lot of venison. And when I moved out of my parents' house, I became a strict vegetarian for eight years. Wow. And uh, I had eaten mostly processed, frozen, canned, Midwest portions and food and sweets every night butter all the fun yeah and I moved out of my parents house and I just felt shitty and I very bogged down and um and that's when I really got into fasting and I started off light but I started to feel better in my body and lose weight and get rid of that processed feeling Mm -hmm. of eating fake food and and then I started eating meat again and I've really enjoy it and it's very good for me and um but I still keep up with the fast to regulate my weight and just honestly for my, everything my immune system and my health and I feel like I'm a quite a healthy person overall god that's awesome and I attribute most of that to uh fasting and also just I don't know being stress free I was really say, this probably <laughs> it's it, huge yeah you know just living moment to moment, participating in all parts of life. That's what really makes life enjoyable is if you can find a way to have joy in all parts of life, participate fully Mm -hmm. instead of looking at it as something so daunting or, oh, now I have to clear the yard or do the dishes. You know, that's a wonderful part of life too. Just participate in that part with joy. Mm -hmm. You know, why does it have to be something so heavy? Yeah. It's just one small moment of our life. Yeah. That is an excellent perspective. Um, I complain about doing the dishes all the time. So and turn we'll it see. into a meditation. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, I'm doing the dishes. That's just what I'm doing in this moment. And if yeah. you can be present in that moment while you're doing the dishes, then it's not a, you're not suffering. You're, you're looking for these ways to eliminate as much suffering as you possibly can. And I think that's why this work that I do with the fascia really resonates because I'm I'm helping people let go of their suffering, the things that are really causing them pain, whether it's physical or mental. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what conscious work is, is to alleviate suffering. Yeah, that's amazing. And you do amazing work. I love, Thank you, Amber. I really do appreciate that we, our paths have crossed for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but my body and my neck especially really, really are grateful for you. Um, and then... I know you are in the process of writing a book. I am. Would you mind mentioning a little bit about Sure, and it's a little different. It has nothing to do with my fascial work. (laughs) Um, 
I am actually writing a book on how to have a enjoyable psychedelic trip. Oh my gosh. Um, so I am a huge advocate for psychedelics, mm -hmm. and I've been a participant for many years. And, um, you know, there's not a lot of information out there. It seems to be a more and more popular thing to microdose. Mm -hmm. um, even athletes do it for focus and endurance and the people you would least suspect, honestly, yeah. that I come across. And there's a lot of aspects to altering your state of consciousness that can lead to a really wonderful trip mm -hmm. or a not so good trip. And I think people just dive in without really knowing and it's not like there's a lot of guides out there to help you. And through my experience, I've found a lot of different ways to just participate in the trip and make it something that's beneficial and you'll get what you want out of it. And it could be the smallest thing like I wear contacts and when I like to trip, I take my contacts out and put my glasses on. So I don't, that's one less thing I have to deal with that's oh. going to distract me or cause some type of extra stress while I'm doing that. Um, environment, the people you're around are a huge part of it. Um, the come down is a huge part of it. Um, you know, what you do while you're tripping or it's kind of a guide to help of, you know, things to do while you're tripping or things to watch while you're coming down from it or if you start to feel this way or mm -hmm. I really like to eat fruit whenever I trip because okay. it's, you can taste it even more. Wow. Um, it's delicious. It's light. It's not heavy. It's, I don't know, it's just different stuff like that people don't really think about when they're just, I'm just going to take mushrooms and go party. It's not, it's not about that. It's, you really have to put intention into the trip to actually get what you want out of it for your consciousness. Is that, if that's in fact while you, why you are taking the mm -hmm. psychedelic in the first place, you should set yourself up to have like the most beneficial experience you can have. I think that's brilliant. I've never thought about that. I've never had anybody say like, hey, let me guide you through this. Mm -hmm. And that's actually a hesitation that I would have with any, um, I know that there's more and more marketing and more and more um, documentaries out there about this particular topic in all sorts of different, um, I don't know if you'd call them psychedelics, what, what would you call them, like LSD and all of those? Yeah, little... just mind altering, Yes, you know substances um it's true and a lot of people don't want to be guides because one they may not have experience to help someone else mm -hmm. through a trip or two you know it's a lot of energy to take and give to someone um who is under the influence and i was asked to be a guide and honestly i said no i i don't want to have that responsibility. So my c contribution to saying no is I'm going to write this little handbook of, you know, thin little guidebook that I can give that's easy to read, just lays it out, you know, do this, this, or this, and this could really just improve your mental state during that. Um, just through my own experience of, you know, the past 15 years of doing it. And that wouldn't be microdosing. That's... <sighs> microdosing you really 
wouldn't feel much. Um, this would definitely be for more if you did a little bit more than microdose. Um, I only microdose now because I spent my 20s not microdosing <laughs> and doing a lot more. And um, I think that is a really great way to get into a deep state of consciousness in a different way. Um, and then microdosing is just nice to kind of, that it helps to manage our daily stress or our, you know, just get us through life feeling nice and happy. Um, but this is, this little book would be for microdosers too, but mainly if you want to go a little bit deeper, yep. it's just a guide to help you in that way. So I know you, you work quite a bit. So how, when would you expect that this um, handbook would be available for people to find? Well, I started at the beginning of this year, um, and I'm giving myself a year because I do work full time. Yep. And um, of course, I have other hobbies and whatnot. But after I was asked to be a guide, um, that's when I came up with the idea of, okay, maybe I'll share my own experience, write it out, mm -hmm. and maybe have, you know, illustrations with it and just make it a really beautiful mm -hmm. pre-trip guide that you can read and just have a, a grounding of like, okay, I, I'm, I can do this, or I can set up this space or listen to this music or, you know, just, I don't know. <laughs> That's really cool. That is, I do have some friends I think who would be particularly interested in that. <laughs> Absolutely. I think everyone cool. should have a, you know, some type Experience. of grounding. If it, yeah. I don't want that. I don't want this new popularity of more specifically uh, mushrooms mm -hmm. to just be thrown out into the world because um, it is a delicate thing that we are dealing with. We're really altering our consciousness and that can, depending on what's going on in your life, mm -hmm. really affect you and uh, in a good or a bad way. And so I don't want it to become so mainstream that everyone's just like willy nilly yeah. altering their consciousness. Yes, it's great, but there's also some caution that has to be taken yeah. with that. Yeah, I absolutely would agree with that. I don't have as much experience. I don't have very much experience in that realm, mm -hmm. but I would be curious about it. And I would not be comfortable unless I did have someone, like mm -hmm. you said, like a guide or, um, so I'll be very interested to see this handbook yeah. when it, whenever it comes whenever in it its comes. own time, um, <laughs> we won't add stress to the structure of clinging to that particular date. But um, when that does become available, I will start pushing that out too. Um, so I really just have one more personal question for sure. you, unless you have anything else you want to share. I don't think so. Although I'm sure I'll go back and think of a million things <laughs> I wish I would have said. A hundred times. <laughs> we can always do a follow-up. Um, is there a particular skincare product that you hold near and dear to your heart that you find and you would like to share with? Yes, uh, I actually try very hard to keep my skin nice. Mm -hmm. um, it's always been a big body thing for me to just keep my skin really nice. Um, I go see an esthetician every month and she's awesome. She's a total OG. She's been doing it for 30 plus years and she's great. I love her to death. And she turned me on to this um, skincare line called Sinitas. And it's a Boulder based company. And 
I really like it a lot. I use a few of the products, um, one at night and a serum during the day, and then I have a lemon balm scrub that I use in the shower and exfoliate with, and I have a whole routine that I do for my yeah. skin and um, and my teeth too. My teeth are one of the biggest parts of my health, I think. You know, we don't attribute plaque and our teeth and the bacteria in there to the rest of our body, but it really affects our immune system and our gut and our mood and all of that. Um, and so that that with the skin combined, I think, is a great routine for me. But uh, I, I, Sanitas is what I use. I really That's love awesome. it. And then I just use Dove soap. I really just like to keep it simple. I grew up with that, and Aww. that's what I use. I exfoliate yep. in the shower every other day. and Well, your skin is always glowing. Oh, so thank you. You are doing a great job, and I love that your routine and that you found your your person. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, really, finding a product and a product line that you love is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then getting into that routine. And I think what you said earlier about... Um, rolling and stretching and that that part the consistency is so true with skin mm-hmm. and with the body i mean it's all yeah. a system getting into a routine should be something that we look forward to it should yeah. just be a a part of our life that makes us feel good yeah. you know um instead of looking at it as something that we have to do yeah. and that's what it is to live impeccable and to put intention into your life is to Everything you do, you do it the right the first way. Yeah. And you create less stress that way. I actually just had um, my last podcast was me speaking about consistency and how to build consistency because that's something that I feel like a lot of people struggle with mm-hmm. in that they get overwhelmed with, oh my gosh, this is so many things to do. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I speak specifically about priorities. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you can't prioritize everything Mm -hmm. and be consistent about everything but how can you be honest with yourself about what is actually a priority and what will serve you now and in the future Mm -hmm. and then how do you work backwards and say okay well I'm going to start this routine so um I have a a handful of of um tips on that but I think I think you're right I mean keeping fascia healthy keeping um up with body work like all of those pieces play Mm -hmm. into this keeping our self and our psyche healthy Mm -hmm. so that we can live well today and well into the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always say there's no time like the present. Anytime I have something to do, if I'm just hanging out, no time like the present, let's just do it. I love it. Get it it done with. I love your approach. And like I said, I would love to shadow you and see what it looks like to live, like to be around somebody who doesn't internalize stress all day because that is that's my superpower i'm really good at that mm-hmm. i know i, <laughs> I love know. it it's it's the world we live in it's set up to stress us out mm-hmm. and uh it is up to us to manage that and see it witness it step back from that stress and realize that it's just one part mm-hmm. of all of, of us mm-hmm. um and it isn't us so we don't have to identify with that stress we don't have to make it our identity we just see it and then manage it and we just take it in strides and okay now this now this Mm -hmm. you know this is the next thing that come up I'm going to deal with it and then the next thing Mm -hmm. um and as long as we are I guess 
prompt about doing it or, you know, do it in a timely fashion, that's how you negate that stress to just build and build and build. Just take care of your business. Yeah. You know, it really is that. Do what needs to be done in life and you can set yourself up to have a really chill life, mm. you know. I love that. I'm, I'll be interested over the next several weeks how that kind of manifests in my world and I, I appreciate you mentioning that. So thank you for talking about that piece as well because <clears throat> that wasn't necessarily something we had already planned but I really do think that that, that will be earth-shattering for me mm-hmm. over, as I start to apply it over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So thank you so much, M, for coming out and hanging out with me this Saturday morning. I super appreciate it. And um, I, w- I knew that we would have a great conversation because we always do. And mm-hmm. we always try, try to cram it in before my treatment. But I, lo- <laughs> I love that we had a little bit more flexibility today. Absolutely. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me so much. Now that you've taken a listen to the piece about fascia, oh my gosh, and then also that piece about how to manage stress, tell me that you haven't had this epiphany. I'm, I mean, physical, awesome, in the, the way that the fascia works, and that's great. But then to also have this grounding perspective on how to manage stress because you're living in the present moment. Don't get me wrong, I've listened to probably 15 years of Buddhist podcasts or uh, talks or uh, from a variety of different sources, not necessarily just Buddhist, but things that talk about how to be mindful. And for whatever reason, when M explains it, it just clicks. And now I find that I'm working on just being present in each individual moment. And I really hope that's the case for you as well. Um, I would love to hear some feedback on how that's going. And um, I've heard a variety of different podcasts where they say this, but um, I remember Jay Shetty saying it maybe like six months ago in a podcast where he just said, you could hear the same message over and over and over. And then at one point it will finally click. And for whatever reason, when M explained how she manages stress, that clicked for me. So super cool conversation. Thank you so much, M. I truly appreciate all of the insights that you bring. And I hope as the listener, this resonated with you. And if so, please, please, please subscribe and share if you think there would be somebody else who would resonate as well. Thank you again for tuning in. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.